Welcome in, my friends, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. This is your your boy Matt, just uh, coming in here solo to let you know uh, this week, as we said on the uh, this week's show and last week's show, we're going to be recapping all, all of the Captain America filled movies. Uh, it's Cap One, Avengers One, Cap Two, and Avengers Two. Uh, so we're basically I'm I'm, I'm just going to intro these, and then we're going to uh, run. A episode that was previously run a couple of years ago when we first looked at these movies. So uh, they're probably full of horrible speculation and uh, things that don't make any sense anymore. But I thought it'd be kind of just a fun thing to do to remind us uh, if you're just chilling out in the car or at the office and you want to kind of r- remind yourself of what happened in the previous Captain America filled movies before the uh, Civil War release on this next Thursday. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. Let us know what you think. Today we'll be uh, doing Captain America, the first Avenger. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here tonight to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically Captain America, the first Avenger. The first Avenger. We're continuing tonight our rewatch of Phase 1, which we're almost done with, and then Phase 2 of the movies we have not yet reviewed. So, uh, hold on to your seats. (laughs) Hang on to your butts. Yeah. Um, Well... I, we're, we're, we're not doing any news tonight, no feedback, we're just going right into the cap. I do want to mention one tiny bit of feedback that came in this morning. Yeah, sure. Uh, Noelle on Twitter talked about how um, this was just what she needed on a Monday morning, is to have headcanon about uh, Thor having a Midgard fetish. <laughs> uh yeah. And I was like, you didn't know that you needed it until now, did no, you? That's my favorite piece of headcanon from this week, I think. <laughs> it's my, I think it might be my favorite piece of headcanon ever. Yep. He just picks himself up another lady. It's real <laughs> sad, honestly. It's just a sad piece of headcanon. Okay. Headcanon, trademark, DC on screen podcast. Um, <laughs> I want to debate with them. Yeah. I. We're, we're, we don't ever need to debate them. We'll, we'll wait till their phase one of the DC movies is over, and we'll debate them then. Okay, that's fair. The, they've got no no ammo at this point. They really don't. That's why we need to debate them now. <laughs> hit, them with, <laughs> hit them while they're weak. <laughs> Take them, them out early. Um, all right, all right. So, Captain America, the first. Spoiler Avenger. alert: Captain America, first Avenger. Here we spoiler go. Spoiler alert: nineteen forties. <laughs> Um, Jeff, this wasn't a documentary. Oh, it wasn't? No, sir. Crap. I gotta go rewatch it. I might have watched the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> what did you watch? <laughs> All right. I don't know. There were Nazis and Jews. Like They do a great job in this movie. Uh, uh, in the, all of Phase 1, like the first... Uh, everything but Hulk. They start non-chronologically. Yeah, all all three of those movies, and I think it was a big strength of all three of those movies. They started in a weird. They, they, the first movie is all cut up and out of order, and I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. This one especially did a great job because when he wakes up in the final sequence, you're not sure where he, you're not. You're really not sure because he could actually be in the forties. Yeah, or it could be some sort of dream sequence. Like it's a weird moment when he wakes up. It's hard to see past that now, but like first time it ever happened, it's like what? What's like, going on? Wait a minute. What? Why is, is this happening in his in head? head? Yeah. It, is it, this it, the microverse? <laughs> oh, <it's> so sad. <laughs> I'm just uh, thinking about... I really loved this. I loved this movie. Uh, rewatching it, I think Captain America might be like competing now for me yeah. with Iron Man as my favorite it's so good. of the series. And you know, on first watch, I remember uh, whenever I first watched this... Way back, you know, in 2011, way back in the day. And I was like, this feels like the most disconnected of the Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like in phase one. But then like retrospectively going back and watching it again, it's like, oh, my God, this is the most connected one. Oh, yeah. Like it sets up everything. For sure. For sure. Which 
first one of the first scenes, not the first scene, but one of the first scenes I wanted to point out, I think might be like a decade long foreshadowing. Uh, we know that Red Skull at the end of the movie takes off in his little. Uh, uh, he grabs onto the Tesseract and disappears into what looked like the cosmos. It really did. The first scene like, when he pulls. Did you did you notice there. what he's pulling out of the wall when he pulls the he goes to the 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 engraving of Idrisil in the first scene? Yeah, it was the Midgard it. serpent. Yes, but. I think that might be foreshadowing uh, him being Hydra, like a serpent wrapping around uh, the the Idrisil, the tree of tree of life. Yeah, it's the the life tree. I, I think that Arch might be tree. foreshadowing that he might have something to do with like cosmic events in the future. Maybe. What does the tree of life exactly stand for? It's it's the world tree. Uh, it's technically the world tree. It's the tree that connects all of the realms that's, to that's, each other. That's what I thought. So, I don't know. It just seemed like maybe he's got a larger role to play in the future, which I, I think he does. At some point, we're going to see Red Skull again. We, oh, yeah. We better. He's not dead. I feel like we could, you know, we could not see Abomination ever again. Not a huge deal. I would be upset, but no one else would be. <laughs> Uh, we could definitely never again see the leader. Um, like those are small threads they they left like loose, loose enough they could tug on them later, but they definitely don't have to. Yeah, Red Skull they have to. <laughs> it's it's imperative. Cap's largest villain, and yeah, arguably yeah, it's Cap's largest villain, and he disappeared into the cosmos. Very clearly transported. We even saw in Avengers... I mean, it looked like a rainbow bridge going Absolutely. Up. And, you know, at first I was... Yeah, whenever I was remembering it, I was like, oh, yeah, he kind of, like, it kind of, like, beamed him up, zapped him away, whatever. Yeah, it might have been that he just got spaghettified and killed in that way, but sure. whatever. You know, it's but funny. now watching I it think again, it's like it opened up. The f- oh yeah, it absolutely. Was a gateway. I think the first time I ever watched it, I was like, "Oh, that's neat." Oh, he got it disintegrated. <laughs> Big deal or whatever. But rewatching it, knowing what I know about the MCU, seeing the cosmos, knowing what the Rainbow Bridge looks like, knowing that they use the Tesseract in the next movie to basically do the same thing to get Thor and Loki home. Yep. Uh, and to get Loki to the Tesseract. That's right. So he's, yeah. And they talk about it being a gateway in Avengers. Yeah. All this stuff is later. And that's why we're doing this rewatch. We're watching these movies with the knowledge we have now. What does all this stuff mean? Yeah. We're not trying to get in the headspace we were in then. Yeah. <laughs> I I cannot imagine that they're not going to bring Red Skull back. And I'm excited because they've waited this long. Yeah. I love when a villain disappears for a while and then comes back unexpectedly and i mean if he he could show up in civil war and i would not be surprised i mean i'd be surprised but i wouldn't be it would be perfect i would love it or 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 even he could be part of ragnarok or uh part of you know now that he's out in the cosmos he could be a part of any any of these movies he could be (laughs) he could be in guardians too he really could be You say it jokingly, but he could be on Thanos' side in Infinity War, you know? Ooh. Ugh. That's dangerous. Or he could be against Thanos in Infinity War, like trying to stop, because like, no, you can't destroy the Earth, I want to rule it. <laughs> um, you know what the really just horrible thing about that is? What is, is Hugo Weaving has said that he never wants to do that role again. I know. And he was so good. He was. On my first watch years ago, Actually, honestly, I've seen it a few times since, and I always thought he didn't have, they didn't give him enough to do yeah. in the movie. Yeah. But on watching it to, to, today, I was just like, that's, he's great. He's yeah. a gr- when he is uh, at the control panel explaining his plan to destroy all of the world while calibrating the weapon to kill the men he's explaining it to. Yep. That was so spot on. So perfect. <laughs> and how he kind of like looks away for a second to kind of be like, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Squinting his eyes, looking <laughs> like, Ooh. but he's like all the while just speechifying. Yep. It's, it's like villains do. They speechify 
but normally it's so that the a uh, good guy can get away. But in this case, he was speechifying to distract them so he could kill them. <laughs> like it was unexpectedly. It was so good. So, Everything so good. he did in this movie was incredible. Like even like you may have thought that he didn't have enough to do, but he was the perfect looming villain for all of it until i mean honestly right up until the end when he had like there was a little bit of a fight in the base he you know took out some whatever soldiers he got to his plane there was a big fight on the plane like oh everything he did was incredible yeah i really i really loved him it was really great i still feel like he was underutilized in the sense that i love hugo weaving um but as a villain he's he's a great complex villain like he's wonderful maybe not complex yet but I think if he came back, he would be. Everybody talks about how great Loki is as a villain. But part of that is he's been in three movies. Yeah, he's, like, he's had time to develop. He's had screen time. I agree. In the first movie, they did a great job setting him up. But he also came back in Avengers. And he also came back in Thor The Dark World. And, and so... And he's also going to come back in Ragnarok. Yeah. So in, in retrospect, he looks like the most well-developed villain for sure. But that's because he's been in everything. Because he's had time to be developed. Even when um, Arnim Zola came back in Cap 2. Yeah. Even even though he wasn't himself, he was a big machine, I, uh, I immediately was like, I felt more connection to him. He felt like a much bigger, larger scope villain just by appearing twice, you know? Yeah. There's a certain <laughs> thing that, like, you gain credibility as you're on screen longer and as you, I don't know. It, the weight of the other movies that's the strength of having such a tight canon is that the strength of the one movie leads into the next movie and you get that like that continual character development like for instance using Arnim Zola as the the example here in the beginning of the movie he was scared of what um, what the Red Skull was doing what the implications were for sure but like as it built farther and farther into the movie he was like he can do it this guy can do all of these things that he wants to do and he wants me to be on his side so i'm gonna be nice well see that thing i don't i don't think he ever stopped being scared probably not i just think that he was so scared of red skull um he was not scared <laughs> he wasn't scared that red school was gonna get caught and he was gonna get in trouble when, when he when he killed those when he killed those men he was Arnim Zola was the only guy who didn't jump up and say "Hail Hydra" because he wasn't a true believer. You know, he yeah. was he was probably he caring was, more for his country. He was actually working he was for Germany. Hunkering down in the corner. Yeah, and, and when <laughs> and when, when he he just realizes that he he's he's a he's a hostage of Red Skull. Yeah, the whole time. Although he does have a chance to run away and does not. So there's that. Of course, I guess at that point he's a hostage in the sense that he believes that every city in the world is about to blow up so where's he going to go? Yeah. I would say that's a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome, but it's, I mean, it's really not. Probably just, a, yeah, just hostage. Just feels like a hostage. I, I love when he tosses in the keys and says not a scratch. Not a scratch, Doctor. Not, not a, scr a scratch. Oh, so good. <laughs> but where am I going to sit? You know, I'm glad. We've been talking about this movie for about 10 minutes now and we have yet to mention Captain America <laughs> right we, yeah, we, it's like apparently we both had that experience on this viewing Red Skull just really stood out He, it's cause he's so good and he's so good <laughs> but that's not to say the real strength of this movie that's a, he's, a, he's a side character like he's barely he's not in it <laughs> he's barely he's in it maybe in it. 15 minutes <laughs> Captain America is the strength of this movie Chris Evans as Captain America and whoever played the other half of his body at the beginning <laughs> was... Chris Evans from the neck down in the first half. Yeah. Neck up in the first half, neck down in the last half. Uh, it, it was great. Uh, and something I've always said makes a great superhero movie, especially an origin story, is when you can enjoy the character they are before they become Batman or before they become whoever. Yeah. I, I first noticed this when I was a kid and I watched The Mask. You ever yeah. seen that movie? Yeah. I was like... Way a long time ago, yeah. I was like, Jim Carrey, the mask is funny. I, for an eight-year-old, the mask was hilarious. It was yeah. like big and so spectacular and like made faces. But half the movie, he's just Jim Carrey. 
but Jim Carrey was good enough to carry that movie. I felt the same way with Chris Evans before he goes through the transformation. They did such an amazing job of making me feel for Steve Rogers and making him such a great character. His first line in the movie is one word, and it establishes his character perfectly. He's sitting in a uh, he's sitting in a shop about to be go through uh, trying to get into the army, and the the camera pans to him, oh, and yeah. a guy says, "Oh, a lot of people dying over there. Makes you think twice about signing up." Nope, nope. He just says nope, and immediately you know who he is. You know he's brave. You see him. He's he's a shrimpy little guy, and he's brave and he's he got cares. Asthma. <laughs> oh. Just, just that one word, nope, and then he's he's well established. It's also the the tone that he gave when he said it. Nope. Yep. Just such confidence in it. Yep. Like I, I have to go. And then what he says to Bucky later just further establishes just how incredible a, a man that little guy is. Yeah. <clears throat> when he says, like, there's guys over there laying down their lives. I have no right to. Give I have any no less. right to do any less. This <laughs> movie, um, it just made me like feel for that greatest generation. Like, right? <laughs> I don't. They, 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 people always talk about the greatest generation, and yes, of course, they did great things fighting off Hitler. But like Steve Rogers just encapsulates all of that into one man. Like he yeah. is that man that that we that we talk about when we talk about the greatest generation. He's that, you know, he's more that spirit probably than anyone ever in real life. <laughs> like. As as a single human being, he's yep. just so, it's just such a great character. And you know, the whole time, the whole time the movie was playing, I'm like, why isn't he worthy? Why is right? why couldn't he do it? What's his dark secret? What's his dark secret that he couldn't? <laughs> it's got to be real bad. <laughs> it counteracts all the good that he is, right? Because <laughs> like he's he's what the Santa Claus song is about. Be good for goodness' sake. <laughs> like that's him. <laughs> Uh, and the CGI face on him was the most believable CGI I've ever seen. Yeah, and the helmet being like oh, com- like comically oversized on him. Yeah, when he's like crawling through the mud. Oh, like every part. And then he perfectly fills out the helmet later. Like his head yeah. size expands. This is directed amazingly well. Um, yeah, guy who directed, the guy also directed Rocketeer. He also directed Honey yeah. I Shrunk the Kids, which I didn't know. All right, I was I was looking into like some of the people who were involved in this movie because I was like, what else have they done? And I felt like looking at their writing and directing things on this. These guys haven't done much else. It's I, I mean, this guy did Jumanji. Joe the Johnston. Guy, yeah, yeah. He did Jumanji. Yeah, he did. He did uh, he did uh, Rocketeer and he did um, Honey I Shrunk the Kids and some others, but those were the three that I remembered that were, really stood out to me. Do you remember the uh, the music in this in this film really taking you to emotional places? Sure. You know why? Why? Alan Silvestri. Oh yeah. What else has he done? Uh, he did the Avengers and Back oh. to the Future. Oh gosh. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I did not. Uh, I didn't note that, but yeah. Um, the only reason I know that is because when music was playing at one point, I had paused it and I had rented it on Google Play because I couldn't find my copy of the DVDs. I think my mom has them or something, but I paused it and Google Play has this neat thing where it just like pops up and it's like, here's the song that's playing. Here's that actor. Like it circles their face. Oh, that's cool. And the song that was playing was, um, it was when they were in the plane, it was like illegal, illegal, blah, illegal night flight or something like that and it said by alan silvestri i was like what that's awesome no apparently yeah that's him whole thing very cool i was really excited because i was just like i know that he did the avengers and that's like some of the songs that get stuck in my head like real bad and he did back to the future like get stuck in my head real bad like come on what yeah I, I, you know, this this movie, seeing it was so good, sent me down a little IMDb hole looking at just the <laughs> the directors and writers. Yep. And uh, do you do you know same writers that are going to be writers. writing for Civil War? Or yes, they are writing. They these guys. How do I? How do we not know these guys' names? Christopher Marcus and Stephen, and Stephen McFeely. McFeely. Yeah. I don't know these guys' names. We have not talked about them near enough because they have not only written uh, that. Uh, <laughs> Didn't they also write the Winter Soldier? Yeah. Crazy. Christopher Marcus. Uh, he wrote uh, Thor: The Dark World, Captain America: Winter Soldier, the fir- Captain America: uh, The First Avenger, uh, 
he created Agent Carter and wrote the final episode on Agent Carter. He's he wrote Captain America: Civil War and uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part One and Two. Holy crap! These guys are like the the architects. We always talk about Kevin Feige, and not to take away from Kevin Feige, but a writer, the writing role is pretty damn it's important. It's pretty important, yeah. Uh, in this whole thing, and we don't discuss these guys enough. Like without um, good writers, the movie falls apart. Absolutely, and and th- and these two, man, they're uh, they're really wow. They've written almost everything that we all of my a lot of my favorite movies in 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 the universe. You know, you still got Guardians and the Iron Man stuff, but like. Captain America 1, 2, 3, and the Infinity War. Uh, Which we know is going to be our favorites. We'll see. We'll see. No, we know it. Go ahead and commit. I just want to say thank you, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. I'm going to learn your names. Already have. Because you're the best. Um, They really really are. This This movie is just written so well. This movie made me have a lot of feelings at the end. Like, real bad. Yeah. I didn't too. know what to do with I, all of them. I had feelings the whole way through. From Nope. From the time he says Nope, <laughs> I start to cry a little bit. <laughs> like, I get a little misty, and just how good... I don't cry at sad parts of movies. I cry at touching parts of movies. I cry when men are just really good men and women, like... What about Stanley Tucci's death scene where he points at his chest, like... Oh, that was... Oh. <laughs> that, that combined... You heard me right now! That combined sad <laughs> with, like, he's such a good man that this death is worth it, you know? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was. I didn't remember how that scene went, and I was waiting on to see what he would say, and I was like, is he going to say anything? He just points at his chest and just goes, oh... It's like mm. means so much with just the point to his chest. And Stanley Tucci is so good, so good, <laughs> so so good in this movie. Um, He's so good in everything, but like agreed. This character, like honestly, this this role could be a little throwaway role that you don't remember. Nobody cares. Whatever. He nailed it. Yeah. He no. brought it home so hard. He really always does. Stanley Tucci's awesome, but as Erskine, he just, 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 just really, really great. He, he's so, he's so, um, he in many ways he's the Uncle Ben of this uh, story. Yeah, yeah. His his he his, really his weak man, weak men, uh, weak a weak man knows the value of strength. Yep, that was his big line that I was just like, ooh, that's your that's your Uncle Ben line right there, like, right. <laughs> Um, he's like, thanks, I think. <laughs> right. The, the difference being the Uncle Ben story is like him instilling those qual- traits into Parker. Yeah. This is Erskine knowing he has found the diamond in the rough. He has found the good man that makes all of his life's work worth it. It's, it's, I'm often, getting misty right now thinking about <laughs> Erskine. I often wonder um, like, how different would cap look if it had been like a big strong guy already that was just an innate an, innate, an innately good person like the way that cap was but was already like big and strong like how different would like would he be just like hulk size and just be I like thought, I thought the about nicest that too. guy ever <laughs> I thought about that too like what if yeah what if gentle he, jade giant basically yeah i don't know cuz that that little capsule they put him in is only so big right <laughs> maybe Vita rays happen. He just like busts out of it. Just, yeah, it's the not reason, enough. The reason they can't reproduce the thing is because they just he destroys the machine. <laughs> um, and he's so sorry about it. He's like, oh, oh no, oh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Oh, and I put it back together. It's interesting they made Erskine a German scientist, which it, it was nice because it like I, I I don't know if he's comic book character or not. He is. Regardless, whoever made him that. It was nice because it like, particularly in this movie, showed that like, the, 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 the he was part of the German people, not part of. He was not a Nazi, you know. I don't yeah. know. It was just a nice. Uh, I loved it when he's like, "Where, where are you from exactly? Queens. Queens. Before that, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Does this trouble you? So good. And the and the line about uh, I don't do like you want to kill Nazis? Do you want to kill Nazis? Is this a, is this a test? Yes. Uh, I don't want to kill anyone, sir. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. 
Oh gosh, it's just so good. It's just so good. This movie is like, and it's the kind of movie that I just want other people to see. Like I was yep. watching it, and I was like thinking about wanting to like show it to like my granddad or something. You know, like it's just like, <laughs> like it's that good. You knew people like this, right? Oh. Doesn't this touch you inside? <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, uh, I love seeing Howard Stark and all his womanizing glory. Right. <laughs> From the very first moment he's on screen, and he's on screen with those, all those women on stage, and he's so good. Randomly kisses one of them. Yep. <laughs> Said a few years, didn't I? <laughs> and um, I like how nonchalant he is about his thing, just like almost exploding and then falling to the ground. Yeah, he's just like ah, whatever. Said a few years. He know? was his great. It'll take time to the whole movie. Um, <laughs> Fondue is just cheese and bread, my friend. <laughs> that's... Once you think you understand a woman's inner workings, that's when your goose is really and truly cooked. <laughs> uh, that's why I concentrate on work. <laughs> that's what he said. It's like, no, you don't. The entire time in Agent Carter, you're womanizing all over the place and not working. Speaking of Agent Carter. Peggy Carter, man. She's right. awesome. <laughs> like, seeing her on screen for the first time, I totally understand why they made a show about her. Yeah. Like, all over again. I don't know. Seeing her on the show, on this movie, like, just the origins of Peggy Carter on screen just really made me see, uh, like, why they would absolutely make a show about her. She's awesome. Oh, She's yeah. totally an awesome, strong female character. I, 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 I love her. I, I love her. And, uh,. Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. Yes, I mean, he's he's kind of the best. <laughs> he's still skinny. <laughs> like every every line he had, even the really sad ones. Yeah, like when they were over Delivered in perfectly. Italy, were just spot on. Delivered. His delivery is perfect. And you have brought up brought up uh, a line from a scene that always stands out to me about this of this movie. The grenade scene. The grenade scene. I talked about how I get misty-eyed from the word nope in this yep. movie. But this scene... You shed a tear. Oh, I really do. Like, this <laughs> Every is, this time. This is him at his best. He doesn't have... He doesn't know what they're training him for. He doesn't know the superhero stuff, super soldier serum. Yeah. All he knows is he's on the field. He's finally there. He's there, and he sees, you know... 15 men around him who are strong and who can go help the war effort and he believes the best thing he can do in that moment is jump on that grenade to save all those men yep cause oh, <laughs> gets me every time I'm not even joking <laughs> gets every me talking single about time it. I cry when I see that scene like it gets me really close to tears I'm sorry guys I'm being a little uh, emotional this week. You're doing exactly what I was doing last movie yeah. right now. <laughs> like just getting all fanboyed I'm, out. I'm realizing this might be my favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> like, from an, Your entire foundations of MCU fandom have just been rocked. They really have. I, I, I've always said that uh, Iron Man was one of my favorites. And then the Avengers movie are right there. And Guardians now. Yeah. Um, Iron Man and Guardians have always been my favorite. MCU movies, but this one really, really it's shakes a real it. contender. And that—that's not to say Cap Two is also just as good. Like, <laughs> if how, not better. This freaking Marvel man, what are you doing? How did you make so many good movies in a row? How do you? How it doesn't make logical sense. They're so so good, and this one is just. I mean, I think about the others and how great they are, but then I think uh, just watching this one this week really. I'm fanboying hard for this one. Yeah, it's just oh, really, yeah. really a great movie. Oh. I went to uh, I went to uh, Rotten Tomatoes just to see like what the what the score for this one was because yeah. I I remembered it not being that great, and it was something like seventy nine percent. And I was like, how are there any people at all who didn't like this movie? I'm totally with you. I can only imagine it's cynical people. Yeah, like I think this movie's incredibly touching. And, and I can I can imagine people being a little cynical and being like, ah, it's it's incredibly touching while also being really good like pulpy comic book. Yeah, like it's got that great comic book flavor to it. I totally agree. And some people don't like that. Whatever, to hell with them. They're mm -hmm. they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> nope, they are probably not. Bunch of jerks. 
Oh man. <laughs> I let you have your boy here on the on, on the base. <laughs> I thought he might be useful to you, like a gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought you'd actually consider picking him. Oh, so good. Uh, he is the clear choice. Yeah. There's kinds of like I can make anyone be physically impressive. He's got the heart I need. Yep. Uh. <laughs> Eddie. What was the guy's name? The guy that Peggy just decked. I don't know. I don't remember his name. Um, he was say he was like Tommy Lee Jones was pointing at him as being like obviously he's the clear choice. He's big. He's strong. Yeah. He's whatever. And he's like he's a bully. Erskine's like he's a bully. I don't need that. You and don't win like, wars with niceness. You don't win wars with niceness, Doctor. And you you win it with guts. Grenade. <sighs> I think we could talk about every line of this movie. We really and, could, and especially all of Tommy Lee Jones' lines. I, I am, uh, I am just completely on board now for Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely to write everything, everything ever, everything they want to. Not write. even like just strictly MCU stuff, but write every movie. Yeah. Oh gosh, they've written so many good movies. Yeah. Um. Ah. Yeah. So good. Um. I, the, the whole scene where they they create him is great. I love. I love. I was. I was surprised. I think it's a very surprising moment when Stark is there. Yeah. Even though it's a little bit jarring, you're like, "Whoa, Howard, really? Because what they, time they make him out to be a this? playboy slash, you know, sort of a crazy crackpot inventor with that first scene. Yeah. It seems like his public face makes him seem sort of. And the fact that he, you know, messes up in the first scene, like, kind of makes him look like maybe fallible, not like on board with the full on whatever. But then, uh, then he shows up in this scene, and it's like, oh, he's a legit scientist. <laughs> he's wow, he actually does the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. He says, modestly, I can tell you, I'm the best electrical engineer on this on the on the in, in the this nation. Country. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, modestly. <laughs> Um, and then when he starts to be in so much pain and he's screaming and they try to shut it down. Oh, yeah. Cap yells, no! I can do this! I can do this! Oh, gosh. It's just so good. And then Peggy's got that just immense amount of concern on her face. And Haley Atwell. Fan- oh, man. She's... Fan-freaking-tastic. Fan-freaking-tastic. That is yeah. exactly the word I'm looking for. <sighs> All right. I feel like I, I could do this for another hour, just talk about every scene and how great it was. <laughs> yeah. The only... What's, there's only one tiny, itty-bitty nitpick yeah? that I have. What is your nitpick? With this movie. All right, let's bring it down. It's a little... What's your nitpick? It's a little bit montage Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's the perfectly comic booky thing to do. Absolutely. And and you you have there are a few montages that I would have loved to see more of those things yeah. like uh, the Howling Commandos I would have loved to see more of yes. them. There was more of them in the movie than I remembered. I love when they're uh, like breaking out of that Hydra facility and they're in the tank together and they're, like, <laughs> chatting back and forth. Uh, <laughs> Dugan says, "I know you spoke French." He's like, two semesters at Howard." Uh, that was three. Oh, I don't know. Uh, three German. Three, and he said three he semesters at Howard. Then I switched, switched to French. He's like, I didn't ask for your, your uh, resume. ask for the resume. resume. <laughs> and uh, then the, the guy jumps in the top and they're driving around. And he's like, ah! It's just, I, I, loved, I loved them too. I could see a whole show or movie based on just the Howling Commandos. Oh, that would be so cool. I'd love to see that. I need it. I need that in my life. I didn't know I needed it. So I understand where you're coming from when you say it's too montage I didn't that, say it's too montage so it's, it's a little, it's a little on the montage side. Yeah. Uh... But I, I, I didn't mind because at least we got to see some of those things. They didn't. It's, it's better for me if they montage through something than to just delete drag it from it the out. canon. Oh yeah, fair. Which, which I wouldn't have minded them dragging it out a little bit, but I understand they had to keep the movie under three hours. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Could have spent six on this and still been happy with it. I, me and you would have been. <laughs> <laughs> we we watch Agent Carter. That's <laughs> right. That's what we do. I really I like. How um, 
I like how the first kind of like the the army base scene where they're training everybody and he's still not you know fully physically Captain America yet like that was kind of a montage but it it was extended scenes of montage which I really appreciate especially the flag scene you know what I mean yeah where the guy's like that flag hasn't come down in 17 years or something like that I like the flag scene a lot and Steve just walks up and is like pin pull this out it falls over and then he just tosses the two pieces aside thank you sir hands him the flag <laughs> steps in gets in the jeep what would have been even funnier is if he had handed in the flag and then gotten back in formation just to be like see i can do it but i'm still gonna run yeah yeah but i i, li- I like that he still i like rode. that he's still like that he maybe that's his dark secret <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the that's gotta be if he, it if he if he jumped in the back of the line and ran with the men he would be able to lift mjolnir but <laughs> <sighs> that's it that's, yeah, that's the only thing <laughs> oh another montage moment uh was the star-spangled man scene yes the the uso shows yeah I just thought they were great. I had a lot of people. Uh, I heard a lot of people complain about the the scenes. I thought it was a perfect way of giving him that costume for the movie. Yeah, but but and, making him kind of into a dancing monkey. Yeah, when and I mean that's what happened in the in the comics. Like oh, that's really? exactly perfectly canon with what happened in the comics. Interesting. It's fantastic. I didn't know that. I love that they did that. That was it. Was really great. I just felt like that whole like. I mean, punching Hitler on the jaw and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, that's in the comics. Like he, him actually punching Hitler. <laughs> like, yeah, he's actually fine. But it, I liked it. That it was almost like the comics that we read were the comic books of their world. Does yeah. that make sense? Well, that's what also, it felt like. You saw in that montage the kids that were on the street corner that were grabbing the comics, the Captain America comics. Those are legit Captain America comics. That's awesome. From back in the day. That's awesome. And that's what I felt like. It felt like this is... They, they were like making it make sense why those comics would exist. Yeah. Even though they weren't telling the story of that same Captain America. The, the Captain America that we know is like a like a figment of the public's imagination or yeah, something. Yeah. The yeah. It's just so good. So good. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> I love the Bucky line. Um, I thought you were dead. I thought you were smaller. <laughs> He's all like yeah. out of it. What, what did you? <laughs> how? What happened? Is, I joined the army. Is it? Is it permanent? So far, so yeah. So far. <laughs> That's kind of like how you know. So far, I'm immortal, and I haven't had anything to really. Um, challenge that yet yeah so that brings <laughs> us to Bucky um, it does good little segue to Bucky I thought that because and, and I remember feeling this way the first time I ever watched it because I knew in the comics he dies the whole time every time he's in danger I'm just sure he's gonna die yep. <laughs> this is it this is where Bucky goes this out is the moment when they were like yelling at a Red Skull across the fiery bridge, and he has to, like walk across the fiery whatever. Yeah, I was like sure he was gonna die right there. <laughs> this is it. Sure, like here it comes in my memory. Like it was such a strong memory that I sort of like still think he does. Like I'm still watching it again. <laughs> I'm like, this is where he dies. Right, I remember that he dies right here. <laughs> nope, nope, he does not. Nope, um, it has yeah. to be a cold thing. Oh uh, yeah, guess that's true. Yeah, when they did it on the train, I was like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, this is not a rocket. This this is not a rocket. What? I don't know the comic book ordinance. What are they? I don't want to talk about it. It's still too new. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did he die in comics? Like, <laughs> 60s or something? No, 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 it was before that. Oh, wow. No. <clears throat> um, I love, I love, you know, I love, I love seeing his interaction with Bucky, and I love seeing his interaction with his men. I love when he's like, "I'm becoming you," because uh, Agent Carter doesn't. He's in. He is invisible to Agent Carter. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 
But don't worry. And maybe she was, has a friend. It was a really nice red dress. It was a very nice red dress. Actually, my wife pointed that out. She was like, that is a really nice dress. That is, <laughs> She was like, I would wear that dress. And I was like, I would appreciate you wearing that dress. <laughs> <laughs> and I would appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. She's like, that's the kind of fancy that I like. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I would put on my top hat for that. <laughs> so we went to uh, we went to the Alabama Symphony Orchestra's Maestro's Ball, mm-hmm. which is like an invitation only kind of thing. And um, my company's a sponsor, so we had like a couple of seats or whatever, and I won the drawing. And I, kind of after signing up for it, I realized, oh crap, it's a black tie event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh god, I need to go rent a tux. Crap, this got expensive real quick. Oh, did you have to rent a tux? I had to rent a tux. I have a tux that might fit you. Oh, not should anymore. Call, should call call me anytime you need. Like, I have to wear stuff all the time. Well, my tux that I have is like fifty pounds smaller than me, <laughs> so uh, it might fit you. Okay, but ne- next time, let next me know. time. Well, next time it'll be even worse. I'll be smaller by then. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. So, I uh, had to rent a tux and it got really expensive, but still got a tux. And then, like, on the day of, we were like, should I bring my top hat? I think I. Did well, you wear the top hat? I wore the top hat. That's fun. I wore Was my top hat. Anyone else wearing a top hat? Nobody else. I got so many compliments about my top hat. <laughs> I was called the classiest man there. <laughs> uh, one of the servers. Was everyone else in tuxes? Yeah, it was all like everybody was dressed really nicely to the nines. But <laughs> but I had a top hat on, and one of the servers came by and was like, "You guys are my favorite couple out of anybody here." Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, thanks." And then like later on, because there was a dinner afterward after the show. Yeah, this was like champagne reception show dinner and at dinner she came by again and was just like you guys are still my favorite <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> okay nice. but yeah i was super duper fancy with the top hat so yeah if she wore that dress i'd wear the top hat and we'd be all good nice that's how fancy it was i like it oh uh, i got real fancy this week did you to uh to play a play a private party that was fun too nice and then it turned out no one else got dressed up, just the band. But we yeah. still looked real badass because we're all like in our uh, Reservoir Dogs look like black black suit, white shirt, black tie. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a good color scheme. Add a bow tie on. Yeah, bow ties um, are cool. I agree. Bow ties are cool. <laughs> so does the internet. I uh, I uh, I really liked Back how consistent. Uh, Steve Rogers' character is throughout this movie, and when I think about it, how consistent his character is even now in, in the movies. I think I, I know you said that uh, said differently in the past, but I really like who his character is in this movie, and I really like how humble and like sacrificial and just ready to give all he is. I, just, I, lo- I love it. Well, no, what I what I had said in the past is that he was different in the Avengers. Yeah. I don't re- really recall. I, 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 we'll, 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 we'll rewatch this week. <laughs> That's going to happen next movie. Yeah, n- a couple days from now we're going to be rewatching that one. So I'll have to see if I, I agree because now I have a really strong sense of who I think Steve Rogers is. And yeah, so yeah. I'll see if I think it's different once I get to the movie. Um, I, I love it. I love him... Um, in the alley at the beginning when he says, I can do this all day. Mm-hmm. He's being beat up. And then later, Red Skull is beating him up, and he's like, I can do this all day. It just draws such a strong parallel between who he was and who he is and how the physical transformation really didn't change him all that much. He's still just such a... He's always been such a scrapper, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he couldn't... He had no physical ability before. He's just such a scrappy, scrappy guy. I love it. Well, he said, um, you know, you run, if you start running, they'll never let you stop. That's right. Oh, man, so good. Yep. There's so <laughs> many great lines in this movie. <laughs> I think about I think about great, you know, iconic superhero lore, and you think about, there's always a lot of iconic things from Superman movies and Batman movies and Spider-Man movies, and this one has so many iconic lines. Like, every scene, it feels like it has, like, the weight 
of a classic scene. Yep. And part of that is the fact that it's a, a period piece, but uh, even without that, just the character interactions are so classic. I just love it. And classy. So if, this is the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> Everything was so classy then. Um, I think the last fight sequence is super fun. Just the whole thing. Uh, first off, fight sequences in general in this movie, which we haven't discussed really. Yeah. Um, I love that they kill people. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, they're they're masked people. It's true. We've talked that about have how no like humanity to them. Yeah, no humanity to them. Although they are humans. Yeah, they are. And there are a few scenes where they kill unmasked people, like people in suits shooting each other in the, you know. Well, yeah, those that's like gangsters doing gangster things. Yeah, it did feel gangster. Although there is the one guy that Peggy just like tagged with the pistol through oh, the window. so good. And like wrecked the car because of it. Yeah. That's that's I had that had that in my notes and I actually skipped it cuz we kind of moved on from Carter but that shot is awesome. <laughs> Wait, that explosion happens. The, the cinematographic shot? No, no, or the shot when she takes the, the shot. pistol shot. The pistol shot is awesome. Um, it's cool cinematographically too, but man, it's just a good shot for her. Uh, it, it just it establishes her as such a cool. And right after that, you see Cap uses powers for the first time, mm. and I love that he just can't even control his running, and he runs to the <laughs> through runs the through dress the shop. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but but I think the last fight sequence is just so much fun. Uh, you get you've got all the characters closing in on the Hydra base, and you've got and and the Cap <laughs> getting in the car with uh with with Carter and Tommy Lee Jones. Don't know his name in the movie. He's just Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> um, Get them getting in the car, getting in the car with them, and then taking off toward Red Soul's plane is great. And when Carter kisses him, and then he looks down at a, uh, I'm not kissing you. I'm not kissing you. Uh, that's <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. So good, so perfect for this role. Yep. Uh, man. Um, but that that everything from then on is just so much fun. Everything in the plane where he's like. You know, fighting off different Hydra members in the plane. Then when he like has chucking them out the hole in the floor. Yeah, and then he has to get on the little like jet plane thing. Yeah, little escape pod, and then has to get back to the ship. And when he turns upward and drops a Hydra dude through the propeller. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was gory. And it's got the, like the the red mist stream behind oh, it so, for a little bit. So gory. That's like the worst. <laughs> I loved it. That's worse than a big. Uh, ice creature with a hole through its face. In I don't Thor. Know what you're referencing. In Thor. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, because you know Thor would have come out real bloody. He would have just been drenched. He he would have landed and just been drenched and been like, ew, the yucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just I just think that whole fight sequence was awesome. Oh yeah. And then the, there was one part where I was like, "All right, that that's a little. Why'd you do that?" Why well, did, when that? he circled the whole plane, oh yeah, on that his was way weird. back. Like he was already behind it. He didn't have to go around and be like, "Ha ha ha ha! Look what I'm doing! Yeah. Go ahead and point your guns at me, and then fly." It, like he could have flown it back into it. And you know, crashed it in there. He might have alerted Red Skull to his presence. He might not might have. Might not have. Yeah. But instead, he, I guess you could say that they got the guy had already pulled off a little bit. And maybe he had to just kind of circle around. But I don't know. Got to circle around to the rear. Maybe so. Maybe so. Either way. All right. Um, pretty much. Uh, and then we have Red Skull disappearing, which we talked about. Um, we have um, the radio scene. Which we touched on a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh, oh man. You you want to talk about emotionally heart-wrenching scenes. Oh yeah. Ever. <laughs> it's just so good. Oh. And their whole the whole thing, the whole thread through the whole movie about finding the right partner. I had to pause it, man. And then they're separated in time. Damn this movie. I had it's to pause so it. Good. It hurts so bad. It hurts so good. <laughs> and like the Damn wife you Christopher Marcus <laughs> and Stephen McFeely. <laughs> Damn you both. The wife was over on like the dining room table grading papers. And 
I had to pause it, and she's like, "Why'd you pause it?" I was like, "I'm having every feeling in the in the world right now. <laughs> I don't know how to handle it." Oh God! She's so sad. He's they're making a date for it a week. Oh! And then later, when 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 Nick Fury's like, "Is everything okay?" Or is something wrong? And he's like, no, just, I had a date. When mm. he's in, like, the now time, and mm-hmm. he says, I had a date. I'm like, ah! Oh! That, that's such a great ending. It was already ending. so bad. Such a great ending to the movie. Because it doesn't end on, where, it doesn't end on, like, where's Red Skull? Or, like, it doesn't end on, it doesn't end on an action beat at all. It has nothing to do with his superhero-ness. And it, it has yeah, to do with a man end- losing his girl, you know? And it doesn't end on, like, <sighs> we found Cap! Roll credits. Yeah. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has, the boldness of ending that movie on I Had a Date is so good. It's so, so good. Uh <sighs> It it really it just brings back the humanity of Steve Rogers. It does, it rather does. than the superhero nature. And I do think that might th- th- this movie had that Iron Man had him like giving up the fact that he was Iron Man to everyone, which again didn't have anything to do with a villain or who he was as Iron Man. It had everything to do with who he was as Tony Stark. Yeah, and his like his character, um, his cocky ass attitude. And I feel like those two movies had a strength of characters that maybe hasn't been relived yet. And I'd really like to see in Civil War. Ooh, those two clash. Yeah. Excuse me. I'd like to see those two very real, very quality characters. Very different personalities. Yeah. I want to see them go at it. But I want to believe it, and I want to really feel the stakes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you, Christopher and Steven, <laughs> my new best friends. And Kevin Feige. <laughs> They're like the trifecta. Yeah. The triumvirate, as it were. <sighs> I, one of the things that I thought of uh, around the time of... We had talked about it in a different cast, um, how it looked like RDJ, or it looked like Tony Stark drove off and like had left the team. Yeah, I think it was mostly that the Howard Stark was around that made me think about this. But um, in Ant Man, when Paul Rudd says the first thing I think we should do is call the Avengers, <laughs> and then Mike Douglas says, "I've been trying to keep this technology out of the hands of a Stark." You know, for my entire career, yeah, I'm not going to give it back to one now. Like that solidifies that Stark is still on the team at the end of Avengers: Age of Ultron, and hmm. also maybe, or maybe they just don't know. Yeah, maybe they don't know. I mean, like it's it's not like, but like the accords the... haven't happened yet. Sure, that's what that's what that seems to to say to me is that you know maybe that maybe it just thing hasn't happened maybe it's just like you know we don't have to know the inner workings of the military or what's going on but we can be like i think it's time to call the military you know like <laughs> we we i don't know that, that as characters in the universe they necessarily know what's going on exactly within the avengers you know maybe they know that maybe. the big thing just happened and yeah the, but this is this is ant-man where this is hank pym we're talking about he's got the camera ants everywhere Maybe, maybe he had those in in the various uh, events of this last movie, but that just <laughs> happened. So I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't well, know. Well, I was just I was thinking about that because of the the whole Stark family line yeah. thing. That's a valid point, though. It's a valid point. And John Slattery, like, ah, yeah, great. Um, everybody that's been what a Stark. Does Red Skull have any kind of powers of seeing the future, or was that just... He says a line, and it's kind of a strange one in the movie. I have seen the future. There are no flags, is what he says. I've seen the future, there are no flags. That's just basically him saying, like, I know that I'm going to rule the world, there's not going to be any I, I agree. I agree. Differences. On the surface of it, that's that's it. But I wonder if he does have any sort of visions, and, like, kind of what his vision is. And it's very much just, like, I'm going to control the Earth. Like, that's his, um, that's his whole M.O. Where do you think Red Skull ended up? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, the Cosmos. Duh. 
<laughs> somewhere in the cosmos nailed it <laughs> um uh quadrant four <laughs> and Obviously. if if not if not where when do you think he'll show back up ooh He'll. I don't. They just they leave it open. Yeah, they do. Like so much so that he could literally show up at any point. He could. I I would not at all be surprised. Does he age normally though? I don't know. That's a good question. We don't know if Steve Rogers ages normally. Well, I mean, he was froze. Well, we again, but we still we haven't. He hasn't had enough years since the thing. We don't know if he ages. Normally, either so yeah. they, they both have the superhero, same superhero serum, yeah. super soldier serum. <laughs> also, does the test tract have the ability to move through time or just space? What? What is that? It's the space jump. That's uh, it's the space jump. What right. if? What if? All right, all right. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go for it, what if Red Skull got transported to Jotunheim and was also frozen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just thinking about that. Like, what if something did happen to him that carried... And the events of Thor shattered, like, rocking oh, Jotunheim like great. that broke him out of it. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Oh, it's the best headcanon ever. <laughs> Yep, Noel, we beat it this week. We got better, <laughs> better head cannon. Um, that's that's better than like Red Skull going to uh, to Xandar and like starting a race. <laughs> I still really like that head cannon. <laughs> I like that a lot. All the pink people, they're all, the all descendants people. of Red Skull. Yep. <laughs> Great. I kept thinking about that one. I'm like, I wonder where he went. Yeah, I had no idea. I he really hope... He clearly didn't go to Xandar. You know what I would just love if they just announced a Red Skull movie that explains... Like World War Red Skull? Or, or just no, like... Planet Red Skull? Planet Red Skull. No, just like from the time he... We, we like pick up when he's disappearing from that ship, airship, and then we just see what happened to him over the last like 80 years or whatever. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be so good. He shows up on like a random spaceship. He's like, what is the current star date? (laughs) Oh, wait, that's a different movie. (laughs) Sorry. Um, By the way, uh, you mentioned the space gem, and I was asking about time. There is a time gem. Yeah. I want a time travel Marvel movie so bad. I don't want a time travel Marvel movie where they, like, change things or, you know... Retcon anything. I don't want that. That would be... Well... Maybe. You know, I wouldn't even mind if it, if they did like one thing, like a Terminator style. Like we did one thing, but oh, oh, we were just talking about how does Red Skull show up in this time period? What if he has the time gem? Oh man! What if wherever he is, he has the time gem? What if what if Thanos gives him? What if he went to Sanctuary? Thanos gave him the time gem to to go back. Or to you know show up whenever uh, civil war, and okay, okay, I'm, I've I've got a lot of there's a lot going on right now in the events of civil war in the comics. <clears throat> uh huh. Is this too spoilery? Should we give it a spoiler alert? Yeah, probably. Okay, spoiler alert for civil war. Do I need to leave? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, go ahead. Okay, so Civil War comic books. In the comics, Sharon Carter was brainwashed or or hypnotized, just right. changed mentally. I knew that much. By Red Skull. Okay. Crossbones was under the orders of Red Skull when he shot Cap on the steps of the courthouse, which then caused Agent Carter or Sharon Carter, Agent 13, to unload her clip into Cap as well. What if Red Skull was given the time gem, he came back to this this current area in time, and then brainwashed using the um, damn it. Mind gem? No, no, the the I really the Finhoff machine or whatever. No, the what is 
what did they call it? Whatever, brainwashing machine. Got the it. brainwashing machine that they used in <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. Yeah. Used that on Agent Carter, but made her think that she was still a, still a good S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Ah! Yeah. Um, and she has to betray Cap at his time of... moment, Like, yeah, yeah at, his, at his time of biggest need. Ah! Uh, yeah. I... Too I, much. I, th- I think that's cool. Too I, much. I just think that... I was just thinking that maybe he found the time gym at some point in history. And, it, like, and he's doesn't age now. <laughs> well, no, he just used it to get to our timeline. Maybe. Maybe he used it to jump 80 years. So we just got, we're going to need some sort of explanation for why he's still around. And it may just be that he doesn't age. If he does come back. I think he's going to come back. He's got to come back. He's got to come back. I... Th- I say it's going to be before Infinity War. It could very well be Civil War. It could be. And I, and I, I think there's a strong possibility it's Civil War just because it's a cat movie and his largest villain hasn't been in the fir- in the second one. And, and one movie away is great. I love it. But two movies away is a long time. And I feel like he needs to come back for this third movie. Yeah. But there's already so much going on in this third movie. It's true. Yeah, that's a very valid point. Like, they've had to cut things out because there's so much going on. They cut the Hulk. Yeah, I feel like Civil War is going to tear our team down to the point that they're going to be super weak when Infinity War gets here. Um, because it's pretty much our team. I think I think Civil War is going to decimate the Avengers. Yeah, it does. I think I think this the Avengers are going to be decimated, and then we spend the next couple movies, next uh, few years, yeah, building up other characters in the universe who are going to have to fight in Infinity in Infinity War. You know, in a lot of ways, I think this is going to be the death of the Avengers. Um, well, just it, the, in its it current brings, formation, yeah, it just it opens the door for a new team. Yeah, the shifting roster of the Avengers has always been a thing. Yep. <clears throat> well, because we've got. Doctor Strange next year. We've got uh, the year after that being um, Guardians 2, Thor, Spider-Man. So we've got Doctor Strange and Spider-Man that are new to the movies. Yep. Oh, then we man. Got Spider-Man. The next year, we got... Uh, that would be 2018. That's Infinity War Part 1 comes out then Black Panther is later that year Captain Marvel is earlier early the next year if I recall yeah so we, we're basically uh, I think this movie is going to decimate our team and we're going to get a bunch of new team members or at least new good guys to face off with the the coming threat which oh yeah um, is a coming and then not even in the movies we've got Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, Daredevil already there. You know, for the Defenders, obviously, with Thanos being like a global threat, they have to get involved. They have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to be involved. It's everybody in the pool. Let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All in the pool. It's uh, no longer Adult Swim. Free swim. Everybody in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I love this movie. What about you? Oh, yeah. I like, think I think we both secured Nine, five out movie. of ten. It was our first glance at the Avengers trailer. It re- oh, man. Even awesome. watching it on, on rewatch just now, like, or, well, I say just now, but just recently, like, I got excited when it was, like, next summer. And it was showing all the Avengers stuff. And I was like, oh, I guess I watch that again. I was really excited again. Yeah. It's awesome. Really awesome. Um, really, really great. Well, I loved it. Uh, Cap Awakening in the Future, of course, was awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I thought was interesting. You know, that, you know, at the beginning, they were using that laser to cut open the uh, the thing? Yep. Did you think of that being the mouse hole? I did think of that, actually. Yeah, I was watching. I was like... That could be the mouse that, hole. It could be the thing that Fitz made. Uh, it maybe sm- maybe that he made maybe he made a smaller version. Yeah, maybe that's like the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
Guys, he compacted it. We would love to talk about this movie all day, really would, but unfortunately, we have to cut it, cut it, out, cut it off at this at this point. I give this one five out of five. This was an awesome movie. I thought we were going out of ten. All right, ten out of ten. I never know what we're going out of. I never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, uh, it was was a blast, guys. Uh, Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Um, You can find everything about us at mcucast.com. Dot com. You can connect to us at facebook.com slash mcucast, at mcucast on Twitter, and... uh, mcucast at gmail.com on the email and if you'd like to call and leave us a voicemail to be played on one of the upcoming shows call 573-CAST-MCU if you want to find a similar podcast uh, two guys chatting about the DC universe check out the DC (laughs) on screen podcast Uh, they're a little more cynical than us similar but talking about inferior things oh sure 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 but (laughs) how can you they're a little they're they're, they're a little more cynical than us I've had a few few, uh, people mention you you mentioned that podcast but they don't have the same childlike love you guys do for the show Uh, but you know that's uh, they've had a lot of hurt. In they've their had lives. a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain on the DC <laughs> side. They don't have his the... name is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Freeze in hell, Batman! <laughs> You're not sending me to the cooler. <laughs> All right, guys. On that note, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, y'all have a great night. Uh, come hang out with us next week, and we'll be talking about 2012's Avengers. And as always, chill. Chill. <laughs>